Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore. Uh, welcome to North Shore News Week. This is Joe Coglin. I am joined by Martin Carlino. We are the co-founders of the recordnorthshore.org, your neighborhood nonprofit newsroom. Um, we launched a few months ago, and uh, now we're published every day. New news about Wilmette, Kenilworth, Winneka, Northfield, and Glencoe. Um, we are. Uh, we're going to take a little little detour. Uh, normally on North Shore News Week, we break this up into three segments. We do a lead story, then we go up and down the shore, then we do a featured feature of the week. Um, but this year, as the year ends, um, we're going to reflect a little bit. Um, we're going to start by giving you um, a few of the things we've covered over the last week, so to give you your little, um, your little taste of news um, for the week. And then we're going to go through some of the bigger stories in the first three months of um, our existence here at The Record. Uh, as well as talk about our favorite stories that we've personally reported on. And then we'll kind of leave you on a high note um, with an event that's actually happening on New Year's Eve that hopefully you can participate in um, if you're interested. So that's the format we're going to do. And, um, and we're going to jump right into the news for the week um, with just a couple stories to, to fill you up. So we got um, a new restaurant in town that people are pretty excited about coming to town in Wilmette. Yeah, as, uh, as you mentioned, Joe, a little bit of a slower week, but that's all right. We're still doing our best to, uh, to bring our readers and listeners as much news as possible. But yes, a new uh, restaurant going to be coming in to Wilmette, Cluckers Chicken, which actually has locations right now in Highwood and Liberty, and we'll soon have a third location in Wilmette uh, inside Plaza del Lago. So it's the second new restaurant opening in Plaza del Lago, del Lago excuse me, that we've reported on in the last month or so here now, Joe, with Rosati's Pizza also announcing it'll be opening up, opening up um, inside the shopping mall as well. So we don't have a precise timeline right now, but every indication we have from both the village and the owners shows that they're looking to move forward as soon as possible. So um, you should expect that to to come in pretty soon. They're hoping they're I shouldn't say they're hoping they are planning to open in the um, spot that's right next to Convito Cafe. So the spot that used to house no man lands pizza. So a little bit of a small space. They're going to do carry out and delivery um, to start out. So it'll be a, a pretty small space, as I mentioned, about a thousand square feet. But uh, as you mentioned, Joe, very exciting news for residents. Whenever a, res- a new restaurant announced, it'll be coming into town. Yeah, everybody loves that. And it's good to, to um, hear, obviously under the circumstances where restaurants are, um, are struggling, of course. Um, so a new restaurant, Clucker's coming to town. Um, also on the news beat, um, we have some police news out of Wilmette. Um, police are searching for a man who pepper sprayed a jogger um, rather randomly in Wilmette. Um, the story goes, or the police report um, goes, that the woman was jogging on Michigan Avenue southbound toward Sheridan Road. Um, and as she crossed paths with a male subject, the male sprayed her in the face with a substance um, she found out later, she kept running, um, that, uh, it was pepper spray. She was burning her face and eyes were burning. Um, no significant injuries. She was, uh, treated at the scene and released. Um, but she said, as she turned back after she was sprayed, uh, the individual said, keep your distance, um, which is kind of part of the, the motive here, or could be, 
as part of the police report. So police are looking for this individual who's described as a white male in his 60s with a medium build and a gray beard. Um, the man was also wearing a bicycle helmet. Um, Deputy Chief Pat Collins said, Kenilworth police have also noticed a man walking in their town with a similar description, but they did not have any further information on him. So um, be careful out there jogging, um, you know, um, stay safe um, in the area. But that happened on December 14th, um, right in the middle of the day at 2.30 p.m. So that's a, a little news out of Wilmette on the police beat. Um, and our third just news story this week, just a, a bit of a delay on the Kenilworth Fountain Restoration. Yeah, Joe, the village was first hoping that this project would be completed sometime late October, early November, sort of before the winter season fully uh, kicks into full swing. Um, unfortunately, they are now targeting the start of spring as the completion for this project um, because they're going to have to wait now for the winter season to pass um, because in order for the for the stone to properly set and everything that, that needs to happen, they need um, weather to be on their side. So Little bit of a little bit of a delay, but everything else is still on track and the project is still moving forward. So hopefully by the uh, early spring months of 2021, uh, locals will see that uh, Kenilworth Fountain restored to its full glory. Well, so we can't wait for that. Uh, hopefully we're all looking forward to better days in 2021. Maybe the fountain is a uh, personification of that. So that's what we hope. But um, those are just some news and tidbits. Obviously, like Marty said, the week before or post post Christmas and pre New Year's, always a pretty slow one on the news front, but we're uh, monitoring everything. we got some things in the works. Um, so stay tuned to the North to the record North shore.org. Now we're going to talk a little bit about um, our top stories of the year and um, for those of you who don't know our background, I'll be real quick with this. Um, the record North Shore was born out of the uh, death of 22nd century media, for lack of a better way to say it. Um, that is the truth. 22nd century media um, published the, the Beacon, um, the Winneka Current, the Glencoe Anchor, Glenview Lantern, um, and, and a few other papers in the North Shore area. And in March, all those papers and the whole company um, closed and uh, put... Uh, 20 full-time journalists out of a job, um, a number of sales staff and admin staff as well. And um, so um, it left you guys, most importantly, at least to, to Martin, myself and Megan, the co-founders here, without a reliable news source um, on the regular. So um, we determined pretty quickly that we wanted to restore that um, for you guys. Um, it's, it's something we're passionate about and something we think is needed. Um, and we came up with the record North Shore. And the idea behind the record, the whole group is the record community news is to, um, you know, bring reliable and responsible local news to communities, um, trustworthy integrity, built on trust, built on integrity, built on um, care. We don't swoop into the community and cover the major headlines. We're there every single day. Um, and that's kind of our MO and um, we're proud to be back. You guys brought us back with a successful fundraising campaign um, in, uh, in August. And uh, we launched in the, the first October 1st. So three months in, we're three months in and um, we've reported over 200 stories. Um, much of the news coverage has been on Marty's back. He's done a tremendous job on the meeting coverage and keeping you guys abreast of all your government action um, as well as uh, sports and features. Um, we've been everywhere. It's been a whirlwind. I can't believe, to be honest, Marty, we're already three months in. Yeah. These first couple of months have really just, uh, 
breezed right on by here, Joe. And uh, as you mentioned, we're, we're very thankful to be back and, and our readers and our, our listeners funded us. So we are, so we were able to come back and we hope we're making you proud so far. Um, a little over 200 stories, as you mentioned, Joe, I think that's a number we're both pretty proud of. And we hope in 2021, we're even going to increase our, our rate of turning out st- stories um, for you and your neighbors even faster than 2020 was. Yeah. And that's because uh, our managing editor, Megan Bernard is coming back. She's been on maternity leave. She's one of the co-founders as well. She will be back on Monday. Um, we're a little elated about that. Um, I'm pretty pumped to have her back uh, obviously because she's a tremendous talent, but it'll uh, even out the workload a little bit and uh, allow us to do provide a better service to you guys. And that's what the record is all about. Um, service to the readers. We are a nonprofit and we chose that route because um, this is your news. Um, we have the job of getting it and reporting it responsibly to you, um, but it's your information. We're doing all this work for you. So um, donations are open. Subscriptions are open to allow us to do that. I hope you value community and local news and we'll always work for you regardless if you donate or not. So um, in of those 200 stories, we're going to go through some of the biggest ones we covered real quick. Um, actually, it might not be that real quick. I, I, <laughs> I find I say that and then I, uh, I ramble on. But um, we think the biggest one, um, obviously, amid the COVID pandemic, a lot of things have, um, have changed and have been up in the air and have been um, flexible. And one of the biggest ones... Um, both to taxpayers and, uh, you know, part of our coverage area is education. And uh, we have covered that um, consistently and pretty constantly as well. Yeah. And on our, on our, uh, on the day of our launch, Joe, I remember the day before um, you and I spent almost an entire day preparing a story for our launch on how every one of the schools in our coverage area was handling COVID-19 and was handling their learning operation. And just looking back at that story now and how things have changed since then, it's, it's really pretty crazy. And we, we jumped right into it because in early October, Nutra High School was scheduled to bring students back, I believe, 25% of students in the first week of October. And I'm sure as many of our listeners know, um, shortly thereafter, they had to pause their in-person learning operation. And then what followed after that was um, a month close to a month, several weeks of special board of education meetings that went into um, all kinds of decisions related to bringing students back on campus and bringing more students back on campus. And that's something we've really covered extensively. And I'm probably estimating close to a dozen stories on Nutria alone. And then when you throw in some of the other districts that we cover, it's probably closer to two dozen stories. So education is always, um, we always have our eyes on education. We're always covering your school districts very closely. And uh, probably, probably no topic has been covered in greater depth than uh, COVID-19 and local education. Yeah, and, and you know, COVID-19 has really, I don't know if there's, there, there aren't many stories of the 200 that COVID-19 hasn't at least touched or affected a little bit. Um, obviously, we you know, from the end of the last quarter of the year is budget season for a lot of these government entities. And that was another big part of our coverage 
for the past two months was um, reporting what's happening with your tax dollar, where it's going. Um, will you have to spend more this year on your taxes and services? Uh, maybe you're spending less. Um, what's your government saying? What is their budget looking like? Where's your money being allocated? Uh, we spent a lot of time on that. And a lot of those budgets were COVID affected, um, whether it's, um, you know, fewer, fewer dollars coming in from fees and services and sales tax. Um, so they had a lot of adjustments, events, things like that. So that was another big coverage area for us in the past two months. Um, and also we reported COVID data locally, what, uh, those numbers you're seeing at the county level and at the state level and at the national level, what does it mean for you and New Trier Township and what they're looking like comparatively and how safe are you um, in the pandemic? So we put all those numbers, we did our best to, to break those down as well. Um, much thanks to um, the county and the state for providing the data though, as well as New Trier High School. Um, and we just had to kind of break it down for you, but uh, those were big. And, and another big part of it also COVID affected were restaurants. Um, everybody loves their local dining scene businesses too, all businesses, but the local dining scene had a lot was, uh, was affected and had a lot of movement in 2020 as well. Yeah. And just near our, uh, our launch, Joe, we had started to see the end of the summer season, which for many restaurants meant that they were going to have to start to figure out plans for the winter season. Um, and I believe at the end of October, then we got the latest set of, uh, of mitigations from uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker and his office um, restricting indoor dining, which of course threw uh, a corkscrew into the plans of many restaurants because they were relying on uh, on some indoor dining to get them through these winter months. So we've extensively covered how restaurants have altered their plans, um, how they've tried to figure out ways to move forward during these winter months. Some very creatively with um, outdoor igloos, uh, snow globes, things along those lines, you know, very creative ideas to try to, to get people still coming in during these winter months. And of course, we've also covered some, some efforts from the villages themselves to support these restaurants. Um, specifically what jumps out is uh, Wilmette and Winneka to sales tax rebate grant programs that they've had. Um, and they've specifically targeted their most recent uh, efforts in these grant programs to restaurants because they have been the uh the businesses that have been affected most by these latest uh restrictions from from governor pritzker yeah and then um if you guys didn't hear i know it wasn't publicized very much but there was an election in the fall and uh it was kind of a big deal um but we parsed it down to the local level um obviously our mission is, is hyper local. So we didn't report on the come up to the election or um, the immediate results. That's not our job. Um, our job is to report how it was locally, which we did once the results were complete. Um, we also uh, reported on um, um, some of the house seats, both um, nationally and in the state, um, as well as a referendum um, non-binding in Wilmette. So we did that, you know, voter turnout was at an all time high um, in Wilmette, at least in numbers, most registered voters, I'm sorry, in all of Nutrient Township, most registered voters, as well as um, most that who turned out. Now the, the rate wasn't the highest ever, but both those whole numbers were. So um, we broke all that down. That was a big part of our, of our 2020 as well as I'm sure it's a big part of yours. And we also previewed the coming election um, now that filings are done. So. A um, lot of news coming at you, you know, uh, 
you know, I guess the one thing we haven't covered too much because there haven't been any two major storylines has been, um, I guess, the crime beat. But we're you know that we're always keeping an eye. We review police reports every single week um, from all of our communities um, and, and look for and talk to police officers and sergeants and deputies every week on those fronts, too. So we are putting in that work for you. There just hasn't been that many newsworthy stories yet. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think we always have our uh, have our eyes in, in the future here at the record. And, and Joe said it perfectly with uh, one of the major storylines of, of 2021. The early part of 2021 is going to be um, your local election. So we'll have tons of, of candidate previews and questionnaires ready for you. And we look forward to, uh, to bringing you all the latest news on a, on a series of contested local elections in your town. We definitely do. And, and Marty, you know, I think you might hear that and be like, yeah, they're looking forward to it. Uh, we are very much so. <laughs> this is an exciting part of our job. We get really invested in it and um, we get excited to bring the news to you guys and bring it to you um, in a responsible form. So we are excited. Um, makes us nerds, but that's OK. Um, but Marty, what was your what was your favorite story that you did? We're going to go through our favorites. What was your favorite of 2020? Yeah, it's hard to pick just one, Joe, but. I'd say one of my favorites of the year was a, a story out of Glencoe when um, I covered a local couple who went to some pretty extensive measures to make sure that their home was going to stand the test of time. And this local couple, Peter and Ellen Van Vetchen, um, they own a home in Glencoe that was, that was designed by the fame architect Frank Lloyd Wright. And they went through a pretty extensive process, as I mentioned, to make sure that that home earned landmark preservation. So moving forward, any significant alterations to that home will have to be approved by the, uh, by Glencoe's landmark preservation committee. And um, this certification gives it the utmost protect protection moving forward and pretty much ensures that it will not be knocked down anytime in the future. So, so often in, uh, in some of the neighborhoods that, that we cover, Joe, we see, we unfortunately see some some historic properties get significantly altered or knocked down. So it was really awesome to see a historic property, a property that adds great character to the village. Um, it was great to see that maintained, um, and great to see the the this local couple do everything possible to to make sure it's going to be maintained for the for the next generations to come. Yeah, that was a great story, Martin, and a, and a fun read. Both the news feature combo was great. Um, you know, my favorite's a recent one. I think, you know, I went through a few that I really enjoyed. Um, I think for Halloween, I did like a, a haunted story about um, a death in the 1870s in, in Winneka and Hubbard Woods, um, a mysterious one. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, Kenilworth Teens Prayer Garden at her school of Sacred Heart was, was important, I think, um, you know, um, for, for the mental health um, landscape. And, uh, but the, the, my favorite one, I think was disc golf. And <laughs> it took uh, a couple weeks to finally do. And Marty kept waiting for edits. Uh, we've talked about this in the podcast before, but, um, you know, a do, you know, a dozen or so sources for a history of disc golf in Wilmette story. Um, I finally had to cut it off, but it was just a really fun and cool story because I was learning as we went as well. And I think I, I uh, we were able to produce a story that, um, reached a lot of people in Wilmette and kind of 
allowed some some people to reminisce as well as uh, others to learn some things about um, the history and how Wilmette was kind of uh, a landmark in the story of of disc golf in the 1970s. So, and based on the reaction on our social media accounts and uh, and our website, Joe, it seems like the readers very much enjoyed that story as well. Well, uh, I hope they did, and I think you're right. Um, and th- they should expect a follow up um, story coming soon. Um, hopefully in early 2021 about the, the Highland Avenue Aces. I'm going to track down that story of, of the three-time international champion Highland Avenue Aces uh, full of Wilmette residents. I think, but, um, I think we can officially call that a tease. It is. That is definitely <laughs> a tease. Um, and on a podcast, beautiful. But that was my favorite. So the, those are some, both, some, both of ours. So um, it's been quite a, a three months. Um, and obviously we've been working on this project since um, – the late spring. So um, it's been quite a 2020 for us. And of course, for everybody in the country, and I'm sure for you in your own nuanced reasons um, as well. So as we enter 2021, we can see some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I think it's going to be a good year. I really hope so. And I'm sure you guys do too. Um, But uh, what are you looking forward to in 2021, Martin? What's, what's your resolution for your, your local news reporting? Yeah, my main resolution, Joe, is just to continue to increase the, the stories we're covering. I'm very pleased with the, with the turnout we've been able to have so far in 2020. But in 21, I'm looking forward to even bringing more stories to our readers and um, doing so maybe may even more efficiently and, and quicker, quicker than we already did in 2020. So I'm hoping there's, uh, there's some more exciting stories and, uh, on the radar in 2021. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and for me, it's, um, you know, as well as I do, we've got a couple stories that we've been working on on the back burner. Uh, I'd like to, to get those crossed off our list and do a, do a good job of reporting that to the people. Um, but um, also important is I think, I think we can do a better job. And with Megan's, um, with Megan's help in a variety of aspects, uh, I think we can do it of um, visualizing our stories, using more data visualization, using more um, interesting graphics with our stories. There's so much tech out there that helps you with that. um, And our site's very capable of handling it. I think we can do a better job of that. And I think we will. So I'm looking forward to that. And that'll do a service to to you as a reader to see what we're talking about in an uh, easy to digest format. And of course, we're both incredibly excited to have Megan back on our team as well, because she knows so many of these of, of, our, of these towns in our coverage area so incredibly well, and she knows these neighborhoods just probably as well as many as you many just as well as many of you do. So we're very excited to have her uh, her local expertise back. Definitely, and uh, let's let's admit that another set of eyes on our work is never a bad thing. Um, yes, so- we, will, we will definitely welcome that as well. <laughs> So we're, we're going into 2021 with, with, some, um, with some hope and with some optimism. We hope you are too. Uh, one last note before we take off and uh, let you enjoy the new year is um, New Year's Eve, which is we're recording this on Wednesday. So Thursday, Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Um, residents are urged to honor the victims of COVID-19, um, whether that is anybody who has suffered uh, mentally, physically, um, has endured death in the family or to a loved one um, to honor those 
um, victims um, with a candle outside on their porch to step outside your home from 8 to 810 with a candle lit. Um, it's going around, it's circulating. We know dozens of people. Um, we've talked to a few who are doing it themselves. It kind of made the rounds on social media. So uh, Will Matt Kenilworth, we know are involved in Northfield and Skokie and Evanston. So it's getting around. So um, if you can do that 8 p.m. New Year's Eve, it is um, something the community is trying to do to uh, as a unifying measure amid the pandemic. And that's it for us in 2020. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting us. Um, we'll be back in better than ever in 2021. Um, we have a lot of plans in place and a lot of hopes and dreams, and we can't wait to realize them. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a happy new year.